Now, one of the things that did feel a little... And that is one of the most... Do I say something about it? So we've got some harmless kids that are blowing off fireworks. So apologies if you hear that background noise. It's not gunshots. Welcome back to Finding Gina Marie. If you're new here, I'm Kevin. I'm Judy. We're in Palermo, Sicily today in the Giardina della Ziza. When we first started talking about going to Napoli and Sicily, there were a lot of people who expressed concerns about how safe those cities are and whether or not they're too gritty and just overall whether it was a smart idea for us to come to this part of Italy. Yeah, we had friends that said, oh yeah, we avoided those cities because we were told you shouldn't go there. They're dangerous cities. So this episode is really going to be talking about how we experience the cities, what we felt like as walking through the streets. So intentionally, when we started booking places to stay in both Naples and Palermo, we actually wanted to stay in areas that people lived. We wanted to shop the local markets. So Judy booked Airbnbs to save money and to also get us into those areas. In uh, Naples, we actually were in the Spanish Quarter, and it's a hilly area. It's very much a tight neighborhood. It's no big shops or anything else. These are all little markets and very quaint and very noisy. A lot of little motorcycles. And uh, when we got to Palermo, we got a spot that was by the Il Capo Market, which, again, a very local area, very gritty, very uh, down-to-earth, you know, nothing fancy about it. And at first, we were a little concerned about both areas. We were hesitant just to do anything out there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely I was worried because even tour guides have told us in the past that these are gritty places to to be visiting. So I wasn't quite sure what we'd find. We spent nine days in Napoli. What were your thoughts overall? Did you feel safe in that city? I actually felt pretty safe. The only thing that made me feel unsafe was the way they drove in the streets. And these were narrow streets, like I said, a lot of markets, a lot of uh, cobblestone, a lot of twists and turns. And we would have motorcycles and Vespas zip up behind us in areas you never thought they'd fit. And that made me feel a little unsafe. I felt like you had to really watch out where you're walking because you could step right in front of one of those things. I agree that the roads were pretty unsafe. Uh, even when you had a green light and it was your turn to walk, it was a pedestrian crossing people went through those lights. It was really more optional on whether they wanted to stop. Whether that's actually the law may not be, but that's how they worked. And so I felt like we really had to be very intentional and look both ways before we crossed, even when it was our right to do so. Yeah, and you don't just get to look both ways and wait for them to stop. You have to just walk out. I did really feel a bit unsafe when we were at the Garibaldi uh, train station. So that was a little sketchy, but not necessarily that anybody was going to harm us. No. More of the fact that there was a strong homeless population living in that area. And it was dark. It was at night. It felt like a more gritty area of San Francisco. It didn't feel like this European city was suddenly so different from any other big city. Right. I think it's hard when there's a lot of boarded up um, establishments or they just had grates down. But some of that even really could just have been the consequences of uh, COVID. Well, even the time of year. We're here kind of in the off season. 
So a lot of businesses are taking vacation during January, February. Otherwise, I actually thought that Napoli didn't feel gritty at all. I felt pretty comfortable. And we were out late at night. We were out out all times of day. And there was no time that I really felt like I needed to take extra precautions. Of course, when you're in any major city, there are things that you need to be smart about. And there are people who are maybe going to try to hustle you if you're not careful. Uh, But I think some of that is just being street smart. Yeah, people are always coming up to us trying to sell little things like lighters, you know, butane lighters. (laughs) And, and, you know, do you need a comb? Do you need this? Do you need that? It's like, no, I, I don't need all that stuff. I started carrying two items um, as part of our digital nomad life. One is a pack safe purse and the other is a pack safe backpack. The things that I like about them is that they have very discreet looking locks that make it harder for a pickpocket to get into your bag. And the straps are made with wires inside so you can't just cut them apart either. It's meant to stop the inadvertent grab of your bag. You know, you can just make sure that that zipper doesn't just flip open real easy. They have to fiddle with it and just enough to keep people out of it. You still need to be smart on your own, but this is gave us, gave me some extra protection, especially the backpack that you can't necessarily see what's going on behind you. If you'd like to hear more about those, I could do a review in another video. Let me know in the comments if that's something you'd like to see. And, And there was one moment that I felt a little less safe and that was when we first went into the subways. We didn't know what the subways were going to be like in Napoli. And that felt weird because it was three levels down. So we kept going down. It wasn't a lot of people when we were going into it. And it just felt odd. It didn't feel like a bustling London subway. It felt deserted. And when are the trains coming? And there wasn't a lot of information. That felt a little awkward when we first did that. But at the same time, it actually had some really pretty murals on the walls and that kind of thing. It was well decorated. Once we got to different parts of it. And for all the bad rap that Napoli gets about being an unsafe city, Milan is actually number one in terms of unsafe cities in Italy. Rome follows and then Turin. So Napoli is fourth. The U.S. has many cities that are much more dangerous than any of the cities in Italy. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah. we saw him earlier. Hi <laughs> right there. Hi, sweetie. How you doing? How you doing? So as we mentioned previously, we took a very long train from Napoli to Palermo. It was nine and a half hours and it was running late. And the people in Palermo who own the Airbnb were kind of anxious for us to check in because it was late at night and they wanted to make sure that we knew how to check in and all of the rest. And so rather than just walk from the train station or you know, do whatever we would normally do to save money, we went ahead and took a taxi. It seemed like the bill ended up being more than we expected it to be. And in fact, when we heard about everything related to Plermo, the conversation has been, taxis are a scam, avoid them at all costs, nobody trusts taxi drivers, and they aren't something that you should use. So we went in a little skeptical, hoping that everything was going to work out. I was watching the meter, and it did jump at one point, so it's like, what? Okay, maybe it was just the airport pickup fee. It was 16 euro, and I think that maybe it could have been a little bit less. I think I read something maybe eight. Yeah, it's like a five-kilometer drive. I think it was not very far. I was pretty uncomfortable when we got out of the taxi. I kind of felt like, oh, my God, what place did I book? What were your first thoughts about all that? Well, the first thoughts was the taxi couldn't fit into our area very well because it was a fairly big taxi. So he had a tight fit. 
he we couldn't really see where we were going like we didn't know which building exactly was ours it's and when we got out of the taxi he started unloading our stuff there was cars beeping because everyone wanted everybody out of the way so we were in a rush i was trying to pay him and then as we we're walking towards the building that we thought was ours here and behind us started yelling at people that he can't get his taxi turned around and whatever he said in Italian, you know, it was Well, part of that animated. was the fact that we were in a market area and you couldn't just drive through. You could if you were on a motorcycle and many motorcycles did, yeah. but for a big vehicle, he could not get through. So we he had, had to turn back around. Up. Yeah. Well, back out. Yeah. I don't know how we got out. We just, we went in our Airbnb <laughs> and we said, good luck, man. That's whatever you do, go with God. <laughs> And then we took a day trip to Castellamare del Golfo. Heads up, it was not a great time of year to be visiting a beach town. Right. It was very desolate. We were safe there, but... Um, safe because no one was around. <laughs> what were your thoughts about the trains, especially maybe coming even back from Castellamare, which was very late at night? The trains overall in Europe are very safe. Our walks to the train station were pretty easy. You know, I mean, they were about a kilometer, a little bit less. And I didn't find any problem getting into the train stations or getting tickets or anything else. We're still booking tickets online. There was no hassle. Like, we weren't fighting with any machines. One of the trickier things about the train station, especially coming back from Casa La Mare, is that it was dark. It was the last train of the night. And there was, everything was closed down. So, did we feel safe? I kind of did. Uh there were a couple of people hanging around, but everybody that was there seemed like they had a purpose. Right. So I didn't feel unsafe. No, it was just inconvenient because there was no bathrooms open or anything else. And yeah, the services could have been better at the train stations, but you could get tickets. They had announcements. They did their job of getting us on the train. And if you missed the train and because it was the last one, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> Right outside of our doorstep in Palermo was the Il Capo Market, which is one of four ancient markets in Palermo. And the street food in Palermo is ranked number five in the entire world. So uh, we definitely had occasion to go through the markets multiple times of every day. Yeah, we had to get through the market to get most of the places we were going to. Which was fantastic. We ended up taking a food tour, which was a street food tour of the Bolero Market. Not only is it the oldest market, but it's also the most robust. And you have uh, vendors trying to sell all over the place. It's very energy filled. Oh, yeah. And it did feel like bigger vendors that were at that market versus the El Capo market. So before we went on this tour, we were doing our reading about it and said, don't wear jewelry, take off your wedding rings, don't carry anything that's valuable. We did not take that advice in terms of, I was still wearing my wedding ring, but we didn't take our... Big camera gear or anything else that looked very conspicuous. I was taking video with my iPhone. And I didn't feel unsafe at all. I felt way more comfortable than I expected to feel. Yeah. So um, I didn't see any crimes getting committed or no. anything terrible happening while we were doing it. It's just being smart. Yeah, I wouldn't um, bring this camera out in most places in San Francisco. You know, it's just it, big cities... You have to be careful what you're carrying around. One of the things that felt a little unsafe was the way the food was being kept in some of these markets. For one thing, you don't have a sense of smell. But the minute I walked into Il Capo Market, the fish smells. Because this has a lot of fishing, a lot of seafood, and that's what they're selling at a lot of the market shops. Now, they're always walking down the streets. They're always taking care of pickup and cleanup afterwards. But during the day, <laughs> that was an intense feeling. And... You could have a fish market 
next to vegetables, next to uh, restoration of a building because they're really rebuilding a lot of Palermo. So you have all these things lined up right in a row. And then you have motorcycles and scooters. Fumes. Fumes from them. So I was getting nailed with all these different senses of smell. I mean, you get used to the food smells, but some of the fumes from those bikes, wow, that was really intense. We really can't end this video without talking about the Cosa Nostra, the mafia. mafia. (laughs) We actually took a tour, no mafia tour, which was excellent. Taught me so much, taught us so much about mafia. Uh, Pointed out all the tributes they had of people who had died and people who had worked hard to shut down the mafia. A brilliant tour. People ask, does the mafia still exist? It is alive and well in Sicily. And everybody has admitted that it exists. It's just gone underground after... Two big murders of high-level judiciary figures in the 90s. And the mafia got so much attention all around the world. They said, well, this isn't good for us. We need to go quiet. And they've been really quiet, so quiet that people around the world think, hey, maybe there's no mafia anymore. But if you're in Palermo... You know. One of the really cool things is that this no mafia movement is actually growing. There's an organization called Adio Pizzo. Pizzo is the money that the mafia asked the store owners to pay maybe once or twice a year uh, when, when their sales are at the highest. And some have to be paid weekly and more often. This is the thing that this, this organization is really trying to push down. They're trying to get rid of that process so that the average store owner can make a living. They don't have extra money they can just hand off to the mafia. Now, especially in the city, they are only getting 70% of the establishments. And there's actually a sign that if you are part of this organization, this Adio Pizzo, it means that... You've said no to the mafia. We're not going to pay for your protection because it's not really protection. You are providing the threat and then you're protecting us from yourselves. We're not doing that. And this organization goes with these people to court to make sure they're supported. They back them up in every situation that they're in to fight this pizza and and get rid of that process. So they're doing more than just handing out stickers for the stores. They're educating, they're helping, they're being a community for these store owners. In terms of being a tourist, do you have to worry about the mafia? Absolutely not. Pizzo is a small percentage, maybe 15% of the money that uh, they could be making. Most of their money comes from corruption and bribery. Government projects, the, the construction, they get their fingers in all that. Plus, they have drugs that they get a lot of money from, too. One reason that I think that Palermo may have a reputation for being gritty is in part because they don't have great sanitation processes. It was very noteworthy to me that when we were in Napoli, we had recycling in our Airbnb. And in Palermo, we have had nothing. And it was broken up into glass and plastic and metal and paper. So you had explicit instructions at the Airbnb how to separate your your waste. And in fact, they had different delivery day or pickup days for each of those items. Which was really complex. But it was actually great, right? And it was wonderful to see that. So it was quite a surprise when we got to Palermo and there's just one garbage bag. There's a local trash area where people just dump all their trash. Dumpsters that are overflowing sometimes or corner trash bins that are just overflowing and you'll just walk through the streets going, oh, (laughs) they don't pick up the trash as well as they should. It's not the most um, beautiful and I... It's just not dangerous though. (laughs) Both Napoli and Palermo have a lot of graffiti on some of the buildings. You know, this city was deserted for a long time. There was years where people had moved out of the city because 
after World War II, it was bombed. There was a lot of things that had to be rebuilt. They didn't have the money for it. This is not, this is one of the poorer places in Italy. So the idea that the buildings look a little run down, there's some graffiti on some of them. That's not dangerous. That's just a city that's in the middle of restoration. One of the reasons for there to be so much poverty is because everybody is having to give to the mafia. So money that they could invest in infrastructure or in jobs and salaries and everything else, a portion is going to corruption. That's a shame. Yes. If you're as fascinated by some of the history of Palermo and Sicily and Italy in general, we're going to include some information about the tours we took below. So feel free to check them out. We have a lot more coming. This is just our first leg of our digital nomad tour. So please subscribe if you haven't already. Also, don't forget to check out our website at findinggenamarie.com. I have a new Judy's Journal, which are blog posts about all of our travels. Yeah, very fascinating and a lot of in-depth information. Until next time. Until next time. Really? Hey, I, that was a pause. <laughs> Come on, we just have to do one little thing. That was it. It was fine. Until next time. Oh, sure. Can you do that? I think so. I'll, I'll pretend you didn't talk. Is that okay? That's fine. Pretend I didn't talk. Go ahead. 39 years. I'll just pretend you don't exist. Pleasant. You know, phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. That's not what I meant. (laughs) I know, that's what I'm saying, (laughs) phrasing.